Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we watch every episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and break it down to talk about just why it is that we love this show so much. Welcome to a weird one, everybody. <laughs> uh, we are joined by a very special guest uh, returning to the show from last week. We have Leanne Centaur, who was the writer of the uh, Sailor Moon novelizations. And I am so, so excited to have you back on the show. This is an absolute joy. Uh, we are going to be watching the episode called Summer, the Beach, Youth, and Ghosts. I'm sorry. You said that wrong. I did. Because I did. you have to say the summer, the beach, youth, and ghosts. That is exactly <laughs> how they say it on the new dub. Yeah. Does he really? And it is my, yes. And it's my favorite thing they've done. It's, but that's the thing. That's how they say it in the Japanese as well. Not that I speak Japanese, but you can tell. Like <laughs> when she says and ghosts, she is very afraid. <laughs> uh, it's, it is my pick for the weirdest episode of the series. Certainly the weirdest one so far. Oh, yeah. uh, but we are going to get to that. Uh, it also was not dubbed. This is our first one in a long time that hasn't been dubbed. Yeah. And I think it's might be the last one in a long time that's not dubbed. It might be the last one until like the last season. I don't I don't know if there's any well, more. There's the final episode of season one was right. originally two episodes they crammed into one. So some yeah. people consider that kind of there was so much missing material from there. That's true. That is true. But yeah, I think you might be right in terms of actually missing episodes fully gone. This might be the last one for. Yeah, I don't I don't think we get another one for gosh like I'm, I'm scrolling down the list in wikipedia now and yeah there's there's not another one until they just stop dubbing it <laughs> well they have one about sailor venus's past oh That's, right yeah oh yeah is that one not dubbed uh no that one was not which is a shame yeah. they really should have but mm. oh that's right so uh episode 42 so it won't be for a while that we get to uh sailor venus's past minako's tragic love uh for now it's summer the beach youth and ghosts this also, this episode marks another landmark for me, which is in the year 2010, I reignited my love of Sailor Moon and decided, oh, I've never finished watching the entire series. I'm going to watch the entire series. And I started watching one episode basically every day before work. And then um, this episode marks the first time that I tweeted more than one thing about that episode. I actually did three tweets about this episode. And so I actually have an archive of all the things I tweeted because from this episode on, I basically would rant about every episode. <laughs> and I that is how morning. we became friends. Yes, it is. It wasn't through comics. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it was through live tweeting Sailor Moon. And that brings you up to right now. Mm hmm. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, Leanne, we talked last week about your history with Sailor Moon and how you got the job writing the novels. And if anybody didn't listen to last week's episode, it's a really interesting story and uh, it's really fun to hear you talk about it. But there's a segment on the show that I like to do whenever we get someone who admits to writing Sailor Moon fan fiction, uh, which is called Ask Me About My Fan Fiction. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you about your fan fiction. Um, there was no question there. <laughs> yeah. What's up with your fan fiction? <laughs> 
Um, there is a large volume of it. Uh, I took it very seriously, so I wrote it, you know, pretty much every week for a year or two or so when I was like 15 or 16. It was mostly a combination of intense cathartic romance and incredibly gruesome violence, which Ooh. looking back, I'm wondering what I was working out at the time, because clearly I was working out some issue that I no longer remember, but it was kind of like, there was a lot more gore I guess in it, because they were wow. like these adventure plots and I remember somebody got their eye poked out by, oh it was like a villain or something, and it, there was just this really detailed description of the stuff spilling out of his burst eye, and I was just... <laughs> I, I found it years really, later. I was like, I was really hoping that you were like gonna have one of the scouts get an eye patch. I thought that was gonna be the direction <laughs> that went, and that was gonna be pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, no, it, I did a fair number of those like original villains because once you write enough fan fiction, you kind of like. I really liked adventure ones, so there'd be sort of plot lines. There'd be a new villain, and there'd be some arc around it. There's a very long series I did called Usagi and Mamoru's Love, which was a series. It was like the evolution of their relationship from sort of post Sailor Moon up through. Uh, when they all get frozen and sent to the future. And then I did a Moon Kingdom one. And I mean, wow. every, it's like everybody who does a lot of Sailor Moon fan fiction, there's like, you have to do a version of like, do one in Neo Tokyo. You have to do one on the Moon Kingdom, you know, one with the generals and the scouts are dating. Or there was like the checklist you had to go through if you wanted to be a robust Sailor Moon fan fiction author. So I, I checked most of those. So I was sort of mean, obsessed with. Hmm? Oh, I was going to say, so does that mean that you are in favor of Yusaki and Memoru as a couple? Absolutely. I was like cool. obsessed with them as a couple. And I, I was kind of, I liked all the characters in Sailor Moon, but I was obsessed with the two of them, both together and separate. And I did a lot of stuff about like Mamoru's stories that were just specifically about him and his youth or whatever, or an alternative universe, whatever the case, because I thought he didn't really have much character development in the show, but he was sort of the only dude. So he had kind of a different perspective. And, you know, in, in the tradition of sort of moe, where a lot of men in Japan are exploring through female characters, you have kind of the reverses going on in shoujo as well. There are a lot of women who like writing about men because uh, they're interested in men or, you know, this is like a different perspective from there. Oh. It's a little bit voyeuristic in a lot of cases that kind of explains boy. It's one of the reasons why boys love is so big. So this was something that I was also doing as a teenager. I felt drawn to kind of explore male characters and sort of, I guess, pretend I was in the male perspective a little bit. Um, Do you think you can help me to defend him to Chris? Because... <laughs> He's a troubled guy, uh, <laughs> but it, it's also. That is, I think that is putting it mildly. <laughs> yeah, um, I had a, a friend of mine who's also a colleague. Her name is Rebecca. She said very succinctly many years ago: "Fan fiction is better when the characters are less well written in the canon because it gives you a. It's like, oh my god, I feel like this person was totally miswritten, like written poorly or misrepresented or just didn't wasn't explored a lot. Which is why sometimes you have these really terrible shows who and people." won't even necessarily watch much of the show and then do all this fan fiction off of them. Teen Wolf is a good example. I know a lot of people who write Teen Wolf and early into fan fiction barely watch the show because they're like, no, it's not good or I don't like it or whatever. But it like it inspires them in some little way to then do a transformative work off of it. So sometimes the best muse are muses are the characters who are the blankest or seem to be the most contradictory. And you're kind of building in a fanon to explain why they do these things. Because, yeah, what the hell is his problem really is kind of the, <laughs> the crux of the the issue there like why is he doing this like th there was a lot of this trend in the 90s and you still see it now that kind of contentious relationship where they bicker and then they, the, 
like the feelings build out of the bickering. It's like, oh, but I miss having that guy to argue with, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't make sense in the context of the story. It's like, why is he, even though this is a trope, why is he picking on this little girl? Like, yeah, yeah. There is, I, I just don't feel like there's any satisfactory explanation for why a grown ass <laughs> man calls a 14 year old girl a trash heap on the street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is, like, that's the one I'm always going to go to. <laughs> Yeah. You're going to be at their wedding and you're going to write in the guest book, <laughs> hope you enjoy your trash heap memorial. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to their wedding on yeah. the moon. Yep. Uh, so in the future. Like in the, like after uh, Neo Tokyo. Don't they get married in like <laughs> when like Tokyo was iced over or something? <laughs> something like that. You got to get those crystal points. Yeah. Uh, make sure they get those crystal points. Were there any other uh, romantic pairings beside, uh, besides uh, Usagi and Memoru? No, to me, no. I wrote almost exclusively about them to the point where I was, uh, I guess there was a, a general, like I did a Moon Kingdom one that all the generals hooked up with all the, the sailor scouts, um, Senshi, and now, that pretty but, much it. Yeah. But what about, aren't two of them gay? Yeah, at that age, I was actually fair, my work was fairly homophobic, unfortunately. Uh, oh. I was still kind of, I was raised very conservatively, so I didn't really know how to just live and let live. You know, they, they if, if you're raised really conservative and I think a lot of people sure. who were understand this that they're like no you have to tell people that's wrong <laughs> because you believe it's wrong it's something maybe they don't know it's wrong you should tell them <laughs> so I specifically I kind of didn't really write about them and I was like well the assumption here is that they're straight but I didn't really they weren't really characters I wrote about anyway but it sort of erased that and in retrospect of course I really regret doing that not understanding that just erasure is incredibly harmful um, particularly since I wasn't writing about them anyway so what did it matter if they were gay or straight like they were barely characters in the story why did i feel the need to say they're not gay you know hmm. <laughs> so but i i mean that's yes, queen barrel you should sentence nephrite to eternal <laughs> sleep and also i'm a straight woman <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically so but besides that i just i wasn't really interested in any other couplings i just wanted to expand the sailor moon tuxedo mask thing in about a thousand different ways you get your muse you know it gives you life like your your, your otp and <laughs> Yep. Well, uh, our, our final question, I think, that we usually ask everyone, uh, who is your favorite scout? Sailor Moon, definitely. Yeah. So that's a good answer. That's a real good answer. <laughs> I like that's the best of, of nine possible answers. <laughs> well, I, I related a lot to Jupiter, and I liked her a lot. And as uh, I don't know if you guys went through this, because again, you, you weren't growing up as teenage girls, but girls who were into Sailor Moon, everybody would pick a Sailor Scout who they were. Like, you'd have a group, and you'd be like, okay, we need a Mercury, we need a Mars, we need a Venus, whatever. And in my group, I was Jupiter. And it was oftentimes based off of whose hair you looked the most like. It was kind of like primordial. <laughs> Primordial cosplay. It's like when we go, when we eventually go in cosplay, who are you going to be? Like you had to pick an identity that was going to represent you, and you had to, you know, sometimes like the episodes about them the most. It was odd, definitely odd. But um, so I like Jupiter in addition, but Moon, I think. I don't know. I just I love Usagi. She's so interesting and mm -hmm. appealing, and there's so much you can do there. And I love seeing her growth. Like her growth is just so beautiful. She never abandons who she is, even though she grows. And that's very difficult to write, and you don't see you don't see enough and kind kind of, especially like cartoons or, well, anime, right? That's not like a cartoon, whatever. But like, you don't necessarily see that kind of subtle character development where she's not developing as the plot needs her to. She's developing herself intricately involved with the plot. So it's not like, oh, now it's time for Tuxedo Master to fall in love with her. So he does. They, they build that as the plot moves forward. Like, it doesn't come out of nowhere because this is the point in the story where this should happen in a plot. Like, yeah. she had to get there herself. So, and that's one of the things that I love the most about Shoujo and Jose out of Japan that the character development and the relationships are so 
so deeply integrated into the plot that as the plot develops, so do the people and so does the, the dynamics of the relationship. So it's, and Sailor Moon is just so well written in general. Like, like, I mean, that's probably a weird thing to say just before we review this particular episode. <laughs> well, with that, I think that's a good place to uh, <laughs> jump into summer, the beach, youth and ghosts. <laughs> So are we all ready to get into yeah, it? Yeah, as ready as you can be for this episode. And, and again, I would say if you have never watched Sailor Moon before, watch this one. No, <laughs> like, really? You, I know no. there are like one or two people out there watching or listening to this show who aren't watching Sailor Moon, who have never watched Sailor Moon. This is the only way they experience it. Those are the people that I want to watch this episode. <laughs> You're mental. Okay, so well, you know it, what? This is revealing already that what you alluded to about controversy. So you love this episode? Oh, I don't love this episode. This episode's kind of terrible. It's awful. Like it is. It is the room of Sailor Moon. <laughs> it's. It has like you can watch this show and learn nothing about the characters <laughs> and their situation. You will learn that there are girls with superpowers and a talking cat. That's <laughs> all the, you will learn. And from it's this totally irrelevant to the plot. Those things. Yeah, but that's okay. That's what I love about it. I mean, uh, I, I will say that is a thing I genuinely love about it because that is the difference between Western superheroes and uh, Japanese superheroes, right? Like Common Rider. No matter what is going on with Common Rider, it's always going to be Shocker. You know, it, no matter what's going on with Sailor Moon, it's always going to be the Dark Kingdom. With mm-hmm. Western superheroes, you know, with it's not always the Joker. It could be the yeah. Joker. It could be Two Face. It could be you know. It could be Lex Luthor. It could be Doomsday. It could be Doctor Octopus, or it could be the Green Goblin. Yes. you don't quite know what you're going to get. But there's a reason for that, I think, which is that in uh, American superhero comics, they set up this world. It, it's because they set up this kind of shared world thing, and once you buy into that, there is an entire realm of possibilities. It can be anything. You'll you'll see the problem with it, which is when you look at like the movies, when you look at uh, any of the times where they try to make superhero movies, especially before the Marvel movies, they would have to always do that sort of limitation. They'd always have to kind of go, well, yes, yeah, Spider-Man has powers, but like nobody's going to believe somebody else has powers. It has to be connected to that one original powers thing. Or on Smallville, everybody has powers because of Superman. All the meteorite powers. Right, exactly. On The Flash, everybody has powers because of the thing that gave the flash his powers. People people don't want to buy into that. Oh, I can I can take one crazy thing that gives superpowers to people, but I don't want to say that the world is insane. Yeah. Well, um, except that there was an Avengers movie that made a billion dollars where a Norse god led an army of aliens. Yeah. Well, and again, <laughs> they built to that. Yeah, they built to that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Look, we're 20 episodes into Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even but in Sailor Moon, like you said, everything stems from the one thing. So if you all of a sudden go, here's another thing. People are going to go, what? What do you mean well, there's another but thing? But that's the interesting thing about this episode is that the other thing that shows – well, okay. One of the other <laughs> things that shows up because there's, there's stuff that shows up in this episode that is never addressed. <laughs> like yeah. th- there's a fucking werewolf in it. <laughs> Well, yeah. well, we'll get into it. We'll get but, into like, it. The main villain, or the, or the main, not even villain, but the main monster, I guess. You know, we know that Ray has powers yeah. beyond her Sailor Scout powers. Yeah. Uh, she has, she is a genuine psychic with psychic abilities uh, that are unrelated to her being Sailor Mars. They're, they're her Shinto priestess powers. So why wouldn't there be someone else with similar psychic powers causing trouble? <laughs> this episode makes a lot of sense if you look at it as the weird, it, it's like 
an episode of G.I. Joe or Gem and the Holograms more than an episode of Sailor Moon. <laughs> sure, sure. And th- I kind of love that about it, but it like, no, it is a terrible episode. <laughs> it's god awful. But yeah, I mean, let's, you know, let's start it. Let's, let's, yeah, let's it. there's a lot to talk about. Uh, let's do it. <laughs> If you're just joining us, you saw Yuzukino, 14, oh Capricorn, Pearl. Uh, she's secretly Sailor Moon because a cat oh. gave her some jewelry. <laughs> she is friends with the kind-hearted genius Amy Mizuno, IQ 300, and the hot-headed psychic, and also the guardian of fire, Sailor Mars. And it's their summer vacation, everybody. So even though they live in a town that is constantly under attack from monsters... <laughs> They can just leave. Every week, they're like, fuck it. This week, we're going on vacation. (laughs) I think, you know what? Now that you've said that, I imagine there is someone at their peak energy back in Tokyo who gets completely drained. Oh, yeah. Like, Naru's still in a coma. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, Nephrite has a new thing. He's like, oh, this this, uh, star anything. uh, This crane game player is about to reach his peak energy. And that guy just gets drained and nobody saves him. The end. He dies. <laughs> look, look, you can't be everywhere. You, you do you do good where you can. You've read Astro City, Jordan. Come on. Oh, yes. That's true. Uh, so they are going on vacation. So they go to the beach. They have let Ray make the vacation plans, <laughs> which terrible seems idea. a terrible idea. Oh, hang on. As the lunar representative, I have to point out, this is not a vacation. This is training. <laughs> They are going to train to be better Sailor Scouts. Yeah, and, and then and then Yusagi stomps the, the lid of her basket closed on that <laughs> on that line of talking. So yes, um, Ray makes the plans. And which is why everything goes awry. <laughs> Yeah, so Ray made the plans. Why would you let Ray make the plans for your vacation? Because you're if at a Sailor Scout meeting. anybody's going to make plans meeting. for the vacation, it should be Usagi. Because you're at a Sailor Scout meeting, and uh, Luna goes, I think we should go to the country and train to be Sailor Scouts. And everybody goes, British oh, Luna great. has nothing to do with this episode, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> this episode never even had British yeah, Luna. Yeah, never. British I Luna know. never touched this one. That's right. How sad. Well, now I'm now, correcting I'm... that mistake by inserting. British Luna. And uh, and Yusagi immediately goes, yeah, that sounds great. We'll go to the beach and have a party. And then somebody goes, all right, who's going to make the plans? And Yusagi's going to go, not me. <laughs> I have <laughs> fantasies to have. <laughs> and Ray immediately will go, I will take control of everything and make it so this is the best vacation anyone's ever had. I, I, I do get that. Ray is a bit of a control freak. And Amy's not like, I make the vacation plans, but I got to go to cram school. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Uh, first Luna off, can't actually do it. So, again, really cute outfits uh, <laughs> in this scene. And it, this is going to come up because uh, there is an episode that I was watching, one of the ones that just recently went up on Hulu, uh, the one where Amy's going to go to Germany. Mm-hmm. And I was so disappointed because Amy goes to the airport in her school uniform. Oh, ridiculous. And I was like, I was like, mm-hmm. no, we have watched enough of the show to know that the scouts wear real clothes. When they are when they're not on duty. Oh, she's the wearing ir- her hippie headband again. She does. She has a she has a weird polka dot headband on under a sun hat <laughs> and a, uh, a a maxi skirt. What? A maxi skirt. It's the I absolute mini skirt. Is. Jordan, come on. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> So uh, they are going to stay at a place with a private beach, uh, which, of course, sends Yusagi into a fantasy sequence all about dudes in tiny, tiny pants. Mm. Now, tell me if I'm wrong, Chris. My immediate thought during this scene is that this is the most you've ever liked Tuxedo Mask. Oh, yeah, where he's windsurfing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in, in a full tuxedo and top hat? Yes. If, look, if we could see Tuxedo Mask doing more extreme sports, I would be 1,000% more into it. <laughs> 
<laughs> but like he has to be wearing the full outfit, like oh, top yeah. hat and like cufflinks, like <laughs> nine yards. Yes. The whole thing, like snowboarding. Like, yeah. <laughs> now, this is the thing. Yusagi's fantasy is crazy because she's literally going a private beach there must be a million people there no wait it's a private beach there's gonna be anybody there that's what private means and well, you know also, who's definitely Matoki not gonna be there. there yeah exactly matoki is definitely not gonna be there he's still in tokyo come on uh so they walk through the creepy woods and there's a thunderstorm and they see a creepy girl who uh scares usagi <laughs> you go wait you're going so fast yeah and, and by the way i guess luna gets out of the basket because oh, you yeah. see her out of the basket but this basket that she was in for the train ride is thrown around and i'm really worried about luna until she shows up outside of the basket it's just full of cat vomit <laughs> just and open Usagi's, and drain it first Usagi's two outfits that she brings to the training camp so the creepy girl leads them to what is literally the adams family house and yeah. i say that because there is a nameplate on it that says adams yeah <laughs> It's called Pension Adams. Mm. I guess pension is a word for a place like a resort. Where you can stay. Yeah, they, they refer to it as a as a pension, which I didn't know what that was. In the dub, they just call it a a hotel or a bed and breakfast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the little girl, do we do we get her name here? No, not here. No, I don't think we get it for a little bit. Okay, so she was out picking flowers. Uh, is that what they she knock? Was? Oh, yeah, I guess that is what she was doing. They knock on the door. <laughs> oh God! Here we go. And. <laughs> And here we go. The door opens and a goddamn vampire Frankenstein and werewolf show up. (laughs) (laughs) And it is... It is mental. It's bonkers. I I really wish we had done this episode in time for Halloween. Because it is kind of the the most Halloween-y episode of the series. So let's talk about it. The best thing about it is that a literal... Like, okay, the vampire, maybe she's just pale and has pointy ears. The Frankenstein, oh, maybe he's just got a couple scars. There's a werewolf. (laughs) Well... Here's the, thing. Here's the thing. There is a scene in just a moment. I forget exactly how far in it is. I think when they're at dinner, when one of the other scouts. Oh, because, yeah, we should first mention only Usagi and Luna react to them being monsters. Yeah. Everyone else is just like, yeah. Ray and Amy are calm. <laughs> totally and calm. Usagi and Luna are flipping out. So one of them says over dinner, I really like their costumes. And then the, the one of the monsters replies, yeah, that's one of the like drawing points of our of our hotel. We we dress in costumes. So I don't know if that's supposed to be these are monsters making excuses for the fact that they're monsters, <laughs> or if it's we're actually supposed to believe this guy who we will learn is like some weird psychic researcher owns a house. Like he owns it, right? Yeah, he yeah, is the so- owner of the house. So he owns this giant creepy place and goes. Well, this place is creepy. I, I'll run it as a theme hotel <laughs> where all my employees dress as monsters. That'll be a fun thing. It is I left blissfully unclear. <laughs> oh, no. There is no way they are not monssters. <laughs> You think so? They're, they are doing an exorcism mm, later yeah, in but full costume. That's because they think there's ghosts. Yeah, yeah like no, the ghosts separate from the werewolf who's just there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like you never see the wolfman not looking like a wolfman. Yeah, but you see the vampire outside in the sun. Okay, so what you're telling me, Jordan, is uh, the psychic girl who makes ghosts appear with her psychic <laughs> powers, fine. Wolfman, right out. No, you know I'm not fine with with the psychic girl. 
We just haven't gotten there yet. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe the werewolf is the one who's actually a monster and everything else is an attempt to hide him. You know what I mean? Like that they're banding together and they're like, oh, we'll all pretend we're monsters. Then they won't know that one of us is truly a monster. Right. Well, because that's the thing. So I, w- when they offered up this costume explanation, I went, all right, I'm going to assume that this is the case, that these You're are gonna costumes. You're going to take it on good faith. Yeah, I'm going to take this in good faith. These are costumes. This is a weird theme hotel. I would stay at that hotel, like a Haunted Mansion themed hotel. That sounds awesome. I'll go there. But then Listen, that see- does sound fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then we see the, I just, but, but you the know werewolf what? guy. You know what? You know who never roof, mentions that it's a haunted hotel? <laughs> you know who never mentions that it's a ghost and monster themed hotel? The <laughs> no. person who made the reservations. No, definitely and I lo- not. I actually love the, uh, the explanation for this. They're, they're like, uh, why, you know, Ray, why did you pick this place? And she goes, God, it's cheap. <laughs> It's really cheap. That's why I picked it. It's a million miles away. It has a tiny beach. It's very cheap. But they make up for it with the ambiance of fake monsters. Maybe. (laughs) Talking black cat and psychic little girl. Fine. Wolf man. The bridge too far. I'm not cool with the psychic little girl. The talking black cat I'm on board for. Because she's part of the central conceit. So they get settled. Uh, there's a, a, a really fun bit where Yusagi hears something outside her door and she opens it up and the vampire lady's head uh, just kind of comes in from up high <laughs> and Yusagi freaks out and the other two scouts run over and it turns out that the vampire is just on a ladder changing a light bulb outside. <laughs> oh, I wonder if that's a reference to... The long-necked yokai? Oh, I meant to the, the vampires who their heads come off. Oh, maybe. Do you know those ones? Those are freaky. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 demons that have their their heads fly around, trailing their their like yeah. organs. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best. <laughs> I love that. Maybe there are so many, like, was. we talked about this last episode, how good the animation was, but there are so many amazing Usagi reactions in this episode. It is. She's freaking out. Yeah. Like, again, I, I kind of love it. Like, it's terrible, but I would be lying if I said I didn't kind of love this episode. Uh, so, yeah, they have dinner. We get that half ass explanation. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is good enough so for calls her stupid ray and that's where we find out that uh uh she booked it because it was cheap but they don't they don't say they're the costumes amy says they're costumes but then they say thank you (laughs) that's one of our selling points Uh also luna on the table drinking milk out of a plate adorable oh yeah it's it's really great when you see luna do cat stuff although Mm -hmm. it kind of cuts out those scenes where in between conversations she's like licking her butthole (laughs) (laughs) that so happens no, she has to do that when Yusagi's not around because I, Yusagi would so call her out. Like, you expect me to listen to you? You're licking your butt. <laughs> well, you put in a box, privacy. Luna. Yeah, like I assume that Luna has to kind of function by similar rules when she has a human voice. That's like now you have to go like don't talk to me while you're in the litter box. <laughs> Uh, so there is a mysterious and spooky voice, uh, and all the uh, monster people who are working at this hotel freak out because it is not them. Mm. Uh, and it turns out there's a ghost haunting this hotel. Because of course there is. <laughs> There's so many levels of supernatural strangeness on this episode. Like, like you said, it, it exists in a complete vacuum. Like, why? The question is, why did they do this? I have like, no idea. It, it almost feels like there was a, a, a script to an episode of another show that Toy was animating that they had to throw out for some reason. And they were like short. And they were like, well, we need to fill in this one random episode. Kind of like how Doki Doki Panic became Super Mario 2. <laughs> right. You know, like things like that, where they're just like, eh, make it the Sailor Scouts now, I guess. Sure. Ghosts. Uh, well, the the writer of this episode uh, was Mc- 
Megumi uh, Sugihara, who also wrote the wedding dress episode. Huh. Mm. So, which is a weird one in a lot of ways, but it's certainly not on this level. Right. Yeah. It still follows the pattern. Yeah, it's it's yeah. still it's it still has a a, a convoluted plot so, to gather energy. So they see this ghost. What do they do? Do they dispel it? I don't remember what happens. Uh, no, they see the ghost and it flies through, and then they just kind of uh, freak out. <laughs> And okay. the monsters deny that they have seen anything while they are shivering. <laughs> uh, oh, and man. Amy, quite sensibly, after seeing this phantasmagoria uh, floating through the air, goes, Hey, do you think that was a monster? And again, we're 20 episodes in. <laughs> yes, Amy, it's a monster. <laughs> well, it's just not a Dark know. Kingdom monster. Oh, okay. But, uh, but Ray says, No, I didn't sense any evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not evil. Angry, apparently. Uh, but she does sense evil. a power. And then we immediately cut to the uh, creepy little girl who is now glassy-eyed and being hypnotized uh, by her father, who has just the most severe hair. <laughs> like, he ha- like, he has severe eyebrows. He has a severe mustache, a Pointy severe goatee. He, like, he looks like anime Anton LaVey, really. I was trying to figure out what exactly he was supposed to be. Because, cl- again, clearly, vampire, werewolf, Frankenstein, th- that's what those are. Is he are we supposed to be like that's Dracula? Are we supposed no, to be I like, think he's no, like yeah. I think he's I, I think he looks like Anton LaVey. I think he's Vincent Price inspired. Yeah, basically. Because I, I feel like thought, this is I would have thought the more Sailor Moon me, tribute to the Universal Monsters. But, but he's got pointy ears. That's uh that's the part that throws me. So oh, uh artistic oh, license, I guess. <laughs> we get an act break uh after we see dad hypnotizing a little girl, and when we come back, there is an interesting little bit of continuity, of visual continuity. Usagi's on the beach in her swimsuit yes and it is her swimsuit from the uh photography episode it, it is it is her moth-eaten uh, ribbon swimsuit the swimsuit she repaired with her bows that is so <laughs> awesome and again i don't buy it there is no way usagi would not have bought a new bathing suit <laughs> she for spent this her entire no no dude she spent like three months allowance on those curtains to make a wedding dress <laughs> she didn't make the dress though she failed to make the dress she yeah. destroyed you the think curtains. her mom actually made her like yes. actually let her take the curtains and try oh, to make yes. a dress yep i do well she's not gonna learn unless she fails really hard oh, oh, course, <laughs> that's actually really like if she was her mother she should know better than it's like if you just let her fail she's gonna keep failing and get discouraged and fail some more so i don't know it really could have gone either way there uh usagi is very upset to find out that it is a private beach quote so private that nobody else is here right that's which what is private what private means, means. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also a very small beach. It's surrounded by rocks and it's only like, it's like the size of the room that I'm in now. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a beach. It's very nice. It's a garbage beach. (laughs) Okay, fine. It's a garbage beach. (laughs) I mean, it's better than no beach, but yeah, not quite what she wanted. Uh, So she wants to know where all the hot guys are. Again, it's a private beach. You're the only (laughs) one staying at this haunted hotel. But there's a great scene where she starts yelling at it and calling it stupid, stupid beach. And then she turns on a dime and becomes super happy-go-lucky and goes, I'm still going to have fun anyway. And they go, Yusagi is so simple. <laughs> it's, why is Ray such a jerk? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. Lan, where do you fall on the uh, Ray is a horrible person? <laughs> 
continuum. She was in the in the anime. She was a dick right. for no really good reason. And then this was again like, oh, you need to argue more to show that when you get like the people who argue the most are the people who are the closest. But yeah, it was just it felt really mean for no reason. Like there there are legitimate reasons for them to argue because they have very different philosophies. So why is she just taking pot shots at poor Usagi who's just trying to get through middle school like the rest of them? And like I don't know, I, I liked her a lot more in the manga and and the other versions in the later seasons. But season one, she's just unnecessarily dickish. I agree with you. Why? I, I mean, I've, I've talked about this before where I think it's a function of the anime being much more drawn out than the manga that she stays yeah. mean longer. Yeah. And they have to keep like, they, they can't allow her character to progress to some kind of acceptance of Usagi. So she just keeps being rude every week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and 40 I mean, episodes. They they could argue about real things. And I think the the whole tuxedo mask thing where she was dating him briefly, as creepy as that is, that actually gave them some reason to be picking on each other. Like there's jealousy there and there's complications, but like that's just the pot shots. I mean, it's just like, don't do that. She's your friend, man. Don't you love her? Like there's some things you just don't say to your friend. There's like gentle ribbing and then there's like and then there's calling you someone don't a pile of trash on the street. Yeah. She or, didn't do that. Yeah. She would have. She would have. If Why she had been I there, she would have been like trash pile classic <laughs> you're gonna die alone yeah <laughs> so uh it turns out that uh amy has brought her textbooks to the beach so um. nobody is here for training by the way <laughs> oh no they bag on yusagi amy just wants to study for her exams even luna in this i'm looking at a screen cap online that is adorable because it's uh ray and amy sitting amy's looking at her textbook luna is sitting there curled up with her little legs folded under her totally taking a nap it is adorable she's not there to train either she's full of it so we also learned that the little girl's name is uh sakiko uh which i i think was probably mentioned earlier she she lives at the hotel her and her father live at the weird haunted monster hotel yeah. which where's that sitcom <laughs> It was the Adams family. You already said like it's been done. Yeah, but like this is like the Adams family meets Love Boat, where they have. See, that's what this feels like. This feels like the episode of the Monster Hotel sitcom where Sailor Moon was the guest star. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Sailor god. Sailor Moon was that week's tenant. Yeah. Especially if they had like imported, like or rather exported an Adams family to Japan, and there's a Japanese version, and they have local celebrities on or like characters from other shows. Oh, that is so beautiful. Chris, you just solved it. This is the yeah, background pilot. In the way that uh, Japanese Spider Man. Uh, got his powers from an alien from Planet Spider and has a giant <laughs> robot that he uses to fight uh, the Iron Cross Army and Professor Monster. Like, this is Japanese Adam's family. There's monsters and they run a hotel. Yeah, it's Japanese, Japanese Adam's family slash monsters. Slash, think, are you being served again? I think we we need to make sure this spinoff actually happens this time. Let's, uh, that's that's where that's where the fan fiction needs to come in. Just to <laughs> give me a long running series about this monster hotel. Uh, so as you said, Amy has her textbook, and Sagi's offended. By it. like super morally offended. offended. Just like uh, the other episode where she came and had a dramatic speech about this, she comes again. She goes, you know, youth is is important and beautiful, and you need to have it's just as important to have fun and make memories as it is to like you know learn stuff and all that and the the great part about this being everyone else is shocked not because you know yusagi's you know having a dramatic speech but because she said something sensible they go oh that's weird yusagi's right and we all agree Because they're jerks. And Amy goes, you know what? You're right. I'm putting this away. Let's have some fun. Let's play with the ball. <laughs> the one object of fun we have with us is a ball. Let's play. 
And then everyone plays a game of pelts or, you know, yeah, with Everyone ball. plays a game of hit Usagi in the face with a ball. <laughs> Try to drown your leader. By the way, a beach ball would not knock you over like this. She is reacting like it is a basketball. <laughs> I was thinking more like a kickball kind of situation. Like yeah, that kind it of is picture. like it sends her like it shakes the camera uh, when she when it hits her in the back of the head. And they and her, laugh like, at her. Amy's got a hell of an arm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Playing all those bubbles works up some muscle mass. Yeah, see, she's they're using training. dynamic resistance. She's doing that DDP yoga, throwing they're, mercury bubbles. Yeah, they're training. They're training. She's playing the part. Yusagi's playing the part of the the monster, and they're just being like, "Here's how I would, you know, pelt them with bubbles or fires." <laughs> she's the monster now. Go try to kill her. Don't pull your punches. She can take it. <laughs> yep, basically. What comes next? What comes next is that I grab a ton of screenshots of Yusagi getting hit with a ball and put them on Twitter. <laughs> Oh, great. Uh, oh, and she like she takes a header directly into the sand and uh, Amy and Ray are like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> she uh, broke her nose. Now, I think it's here, hilarious. Uh, Sakiko is watching them play from up on the cliff. She does not join them. That's a plot point. Oh, but then later creepy. that night, the fucking wolfman is on the roof of the hotel howling at the moon. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was saying. That's Which the is one not thing. a thing you do just because of a costume. Right. That's the one thing that made <laughs> we go maybe it's not a costume yeah maybe it's not or maybe it's not. or the guy's like listen we have a system here we're making this place seem like a cool haunted environment when the night falls there's got to be howling and you're the guy in the wolf costume you gotta do it get on the roof howl at the moon that's why he looks so sad and pathetic because he's like this is dumb i wonder like if we're assuming these are costumes these are like <laughs> college drama students right sure. <laughs> This is their summer job. Yeah. Or they're locals. Like out of work actors and stuff. I mean, this is what happens when you don't get a break or you're, you're not on a show or whatever. You go and you dress up in mascot costumes and work at Disney or in this case, you're banished to some spit of land that, that no one visits. <laughs> Maybe it's like South of the Border. Do you guys know about South of the Border? No. No. Uh, south of the Border is this massive tourist trap and uh, it's just south of the South Carolina, North Carolina border, which was originally made in the 50s. Uh, it, it's on I-95. So anybody driving from like uh, New York or, or Philadelphia or any points north to Disney World in Florida goes down 95. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's this massive tourist trap that is vaguely and kind of racistly Mexican themed. Oh, mm -hmm. good. And it's huge. And they never advertise on television, but they spent all their money on billboard advertising. So there are billboards literally from Philadelphia to Orlando. Oh my god. Um, they're like south of the border 361 miles. Uh come see it. It's one of the most depressing places on earth. <laughs> But uh, in its heyday, like it's it's in a place called Dillon, uh, South Carolina. And like if you grew up in Dillon, you worked at South of the Border for uh. like your summer job. And it is it's like I encourage you to go look up whatever you can about South of the Border. But yeah, I mean, so you just I feel said like, it's the most depressing yeah. thing. Oh, it's no, like... it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's uh, like, I'm... oh, God, this orange went bad. Have some. Like, <laughs> literally it. taste this. Yeah. I am literally planning to take my girlfriend there on New Year's Day. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm dead serious. 
You're wow. at that stage of the relationship where you just oh, want gonna to be great. Board it for New Year's. I, you know, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up like crazy as soon as I'm off. You will probably find to... the post I wrote about it, about my first ever trip where I just took pictures of everything that was depressing. Cultural touchstone. All right. So uh, uh, Sakiko is outside, and Amy walks up to her, and she's like, "Oh, hey, Amy." And he was like, "Oh, how'd you know my name?" And she's like, "Oh, I watched you guys all day in yeah. secret." <laughs> This You're is Amy. the creepiest this, part. The pretty girl is Ray, and the dumb one's Usagi, right? And the cat's Luna. <laughs> Yeah, that means, okay, so this girl sat there all day just watching and listening to all their conversations, super weird, and saw that they had a talking cat and is cool with it. Well, she, yeah, that's She what, lives with a werewolf. I mean. <laughs> I was going to say she was watching them from the top of the cliff, so maybe she didn't hear Luna talk, but if she heard their names. Yeah, she had to. Yeah. So does she know that they're Sailor Senshi? I mean, they probably blew their cover. Like this one girl is the only one who knows the true identities. Sailor Moon. But who's going to go to that horrible private beach? Because <laughs> you know you know there was probably you know there was probably a time when Luna was like, "Hey, we've got to do our sailor scout training so we can fight the negaverse." Yeah. Well, that place would be the safest place in Japan though, cuz as we discussed, no one goes there. So yeah, no one. You got to out yourself anywhere. <laughs> Oh, Were you going to tell all these visitors when inevitably Tuxedo Mask comes to Windsor? <laughs> so Amy, I wish he uh, did show up. Notices I wish that uh, Sakiko used to, is sad and lonely. And Amy uh, kind of hunkers down with her and is like, hey, I used to be really sad and lonely. And you know what's great? Being friends with Usagi. You should yeah. be friends with Usagi. <laughs> and I love that that is Amy's solution for anyone who's lonely. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Be friends with this specific person because that is that worked for me. So that is scientific and demonstrable. But uh, she's right. Yusaki yeah. is the friendliest friend that ever friended. Mm. I mean, that is true. That she, is true. She would be friends with anyone. She even is nice to Melvin sometimes. She's actually boundaries to her heart. Like there's always room for one more. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of actually, beautiful. Uh, just watched an episode of uh, a Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, the the live action Tokusatsu series. Oh, I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never really watched it before, but I just watched the one where uh, Amy's really worried about being friends and she's worried because she's never had friends before and so she's worried that uh, Usagi and Ray don't really like her. So she goes and reads a book about how to make friends Aww. and then does all the things in the book. <laughs> <laughs> and then ends up passing out at a slumber party because she overexerted herself trying to be friends. And she skipped she skipped an exam at cram school. So beautiful. Oh my god. That show was a is was and is a treasure to humanity. <laughs> like if, if you have not seen like the, the first maybe 10, 20 episodes, some of them are so bad and strange that they're great in kind of a you know, a spectator sport thing. It's like what the hell is going on? But if you keep up with it, it actually gets really complicated and dark and elaborate and it it's so so good. I don't even know how it was so good, but that sounds like a pretty early episode when they were yeah, still like doing a lot of karaoke. Five. Yeah, th There's the first ones are odd. They sing a song that is by uh, Minako Aino uh, that is called mm. C'est la vie, as in oh. the French phrase C'est la vie, but the mm. refrain is sung C'est la vie. <laughs> and I'm like, you're really not trying to hide your identity, Minako. You're really. How, this was a subtle right message to try and find the other senshi. Like how her many episodes subliminal... are there of that show? How many? What? How how many episodes are there of that? How far did it go? Uh, I feel like no. It was all the first season. I, I think Barrel is basically the final villain. Yeah, it's, but it's long. Most Tokusatsu shows run every week for a year. So there's like 50 episodes. Yeah. It. Wow. 
And it's I like totally new plot lines and yeah. Yeah, it only ran for like 2003 to 2004, I think. But yeah, it's 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 bonkers. And, and I've also, seen a few episodes. And also it makes sense that no one would know they're Sailor Scouts because they have they don't have their hair when they're not yeah. Sailor Scouts. Like Usagi is just a a Japanese girl with a dongos. She doesn't have like the the blonde hair that's 18 feet long. Yeah. Uh and Amy just has like regular like she's actually got kind of longish dark hair that only she puts a blue wig on when she becomes a, a Sailor Scout. Yeah. But, and they I think they have like colored contacts some of them and they've makeup so like you can see like yeah, if I didn't know this person personally, I wouldn't probably be able to pick them out on a street cuz they're yeah. they don't wear masks but they're fairly made up in a lot of ways so ray looks exactly the same yeah that's amy looks like a completely different person because she wears glasses when she's uh when she's not a scout anyway but, back but to this is episode. Such a terrible puppet <laughs> while uh amy is talking to sakiko and being like oh hey you should make friends uh her dad rolls up and goes don't make friends <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you about friends? True. Uh, and she tells us, she's like, yeah, get, you need to get away from my daughter. And then he Sakiko's actually like, says, get out. Like, I want you all to leave immediately. And I'm like, they have vacation plans and stuff. They have they already paid you. You can't just tell them to He's leave. He's got the deposit. <laughs> uh, so he drags Sakiko off and we get a scene where uh, he, we find out that he is uh, manipulating her psychic powers by hypnotizing her in order to get revenge on people like Jordan. Well, okay, right. <laughs> so, I mean, as you know, I'm not a fan of this. And th- that is, I find it to be the most aggravating thing about watching so much Japanese stuff is the way that they like to go, and this person's psychic. Cool. And I'm like, wait, nobody's going to question that? Nope. Okay. Right. Not a One fan. more time, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's Jordan White, Marvel Comics editor. <laughs> <laughs> because... <laughs> Because it's a different situation. It's not, though. <laughs> it's not at all different. It's totally different. Everybody, it's a superhero actually, world where there are real psychic powers. Everybody, you know what? Everybody in Marvel Comics gets questioned. Like, anybody who shows up with superpowers, there's always stuff about, what? That's, that can't be true. And You're then not supposed to go, identify oh. with J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, Jameson. That, that Sailor Mars is a menace. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? When Spider-Man first got his powers, his first thing, his first idea was to bilk the public out of their hard-earned money. He wasn't going to bilk the public. <laughs> listen, listen, do you want to do you want to talk about Spider-Man versus Crusher Hogan? Are we going to do that right no, now? No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> But yeah, listen, so you're right. They're going to get revenge on me because I say psychic powers are nonsense. And this guy is so confident that, I mean, he's right in this world. <sighs> yes, he, he is correct that there are psychic powers in this uh, in this superhero universe. Meanwhile, uh, Usagi is wandering around the creepy mansion in the dark, terrifying herself. Hugging a pillow. Hugging a pillow and bawling. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this is kind of your fault that you are walking around <laughs> this scary place at night alone. Probably had to pee, you got lost. <laughs> I mean, that's usually how they explain it. Like, where were you at alone? It's like, well, it's the middle of the night, I had to go pee. Sorry for having a human bladder. And uh, she sees Frankenstein and the Wolfman praying at an altar. And right. this altar, like, if you're watching pause it on a shot of this altar because i really want to talk about how there are carrots and turnips that have faces carved into them <laughs> there's a, a there's a jack-o'-lantern with with carrots with that have faces carved into them and a cross <laughs> sticking out of it and just a ton of candles and they are i mean it it is bizarre uh and then the vampire shows up with candles strapped to her head which i don't is this <laughs> 
No, I think that I feel like that was a that was a thing in Japan. That's either like I can't remember if like priestesses do it to, or there was like a horror. It's associated with some kind of horror or mysticism. I can't remember if it's to exercise or if it's part of being a ghost. I think it might have been part of being a ghost that it was like you have these lights, like internal lights around you. I, I don't know what it is, but I've definitely seen that before. There's an amazing scene where Usagi starts screaming. The monsters start <laughs> screaming. Everyone is screaming. And then Ray shows up and just slides into frame and she starts screaming at Usagi. <laughs> it's pretty mental. Ray doesn't like Usagi's like, oh look, they are worshiping a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> And Ray's like, no, this is normal. This is completely fine. Well, okay. I mean, what's weird about this episode is uh, a million things. Yes, everything is weird about this episode. Another weird thing about this episode. I don't know what what they're going for as far as the audience's experience. Are we supposed (laughs) to think that these are bad monsters and then learn? Oh no, they're they're actually just trying to exercise the ghost that they're scared of. Because it seems pretty obvious that that's the case, and it's only. Yusagi who falls for it, right? It's not us who's supposed to fall for that. Yeah, but I mean, like, I am 100% on Yusagi's side, though. <laughs> but sh- but they're just, they're innocent people dressed as monsters slash monsters, depending on your take, who are scared of a ghost. If That's I, what you do. If I saw a person, if I saw just a regular person doing the weird worshipping of the jack-o'-lantern cross carrot turnip yeah. candle altar. The weird hand motions they're doing. The, yeah, the weird hieroglyphic hand motions. And 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 whatever it is that they're doing, I would think that some shit was going down. And that's if I saw a normal person doing it. You saw me seeing a wolfman and a Frankenstein doing it. Just expression, though. I mean, you don't want to seem like a bigot. Like maybe this is a religion you're just not familiar yeah. with that involves turnips. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, look, I'm pretty familiar with jack-o'-lanterns and crosses. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah, true. So- I guess, like, those were pulled from the Western <laughs> canon and kind of dropped into some sort of... Yeah, um, I got nothing. All right, let's just keep going. Yeah, I mean, they uh, We think- actually skipped over this, but previous to this, uh, Ray, having sensed some right. kind of power, uh, put a bunch of the uh, cleansing tags on all the, the seats in the dining room, and they are torn off by an unseen force that then causes the chairs to levitate and start spinning around like a chair tornado because what okay so we didn't go into the details of the father's plan what the father's doing is he's like all right you daughter have the most amazing psychic powers ever you are so powerful and it's awesome (laughs) very very laconic version of that speech you're powerful and it's awesome and what he says he says something about like i'm gonna i've been drawing your power off by using hypnotism, right? No, I, I think he says he's been amplifying her power by using hypnotism. Okay, well that's the opposite. So then that's he right hypnotizes her, and then it, and then she becomes more powerful. She becomes but I thought able he to... was hypnotizing her to help. No, 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 because he wants her to manifest this ghost to go terrorize people who said that they were charlatans. Right, right. Okay, yeah, that's right. Again, so... to to destroy you <laughs> specifically. So he's doing the hypnotism, going, yeah, this is going to generate a, a freaky ghost. <laughs> In the words of Ray Parker. (laughs) Okay. Yes. (laughs) 
I don't even remember why I started this game. Oh, so and they're doing the the exorcism to try to like stop it because they think it's a real ghost. So the all of a sudden the chairs start flying around and stuff. And Yusagi's like, "What did they do?" And Ray's like, "Am I correct in this?" Ray's like, "No, it's not them. They're just a bunch of dumbasses. Like there there's something serious happening." <laughs> look, look, he's just a wolf man. We have a ghost problem. <laughs> he's wearing a costume. She thinks whether it's true or not. Yeah, there. But she doesn't even say there's a ghost. She's like, "I sense something else generating this power." So the ghost appears while they're hypnotizing, and the father's like, "Cool, this is the plan, right?" Go. Go out. I don't know exactly how far away these skeptics are, but go travel for a while. Go to the big city. I don't know. Go find Richard Dawkins or something. And but what he doesn't understand is that he is an asshole. The ghost is going to go fight Richard Dawkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I would, I would pay to see that. I would pay good money for that DVD. <laughs> and but what he doesn't understand is he's a giant jerk, and so really the daughter is scared of him. Yeah, oh, I mean, see, he has been he has been essentially abusing his daughter all yeah, this time. Yeah, which is see, horrible. The problem is I'm I'm leaving out like all the parts with the sailor scouts, and the reason I'm leaving it out is because it's a hundred percent irrelevant to what happens from here on. <laughs> Here's my question: <laughs> This dude's only source of income is renting out his spooky haunted hotel. <laughs> So could he not wait a week? Could he not wait till after summer vacation? Is he gonna right. be like, yeah, you know what this I need to do? This would be the peak season, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, summer and we've got some tenants, but I'm gonna go ahead and do this psychic one. <laughs> Yeah, he should be telling her, use your ghost to shake some chairs, and they will put a good Yelp review for our haunted hotel. It is. There's so many questions. Nothing nothing about any part of anyone's plan in this episode makes any sense. Because Ray's plan doesn't make sense. Luna's plan doesn't make sense. Usagi's plan doesn't make sense. I mean. And uh, the bad guy's plan doesn't make sense. So here's how the bad guy's plan ends. Like I said, he goes, go out and scare Richard Dawkins or whoever. Go out and scare Penn and Teller. Prove to them that psychics are real. (laughs) And... The daughter uh, is like, you know, oh, by the way, they wake up the daughter and it's like, oh, usually when I wake up, the ghost goes away. And well, this time it's worse. But what actually happens is the daughter hates the father for being a dickhead all the time. So the ghost attacks the father. And then, you know, in the end, the father is like, I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. I'm an asshole. Now, in between all of that, a bunch (laughs) of stuff happens. In between all that, we get a Sailor Moon episode. (laughs) Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They at one point. Point, they go we better transform why <laughs> and then she goes trying to kill someone <laughs> yeah but it, they they are completely ineffective <laughs> well they like, i really i actually really love this scene because uh isagi is shooting tears out of her eyes and ray is like oh jesus just transform <laughs> you'll and, feel better and Usagi, like she she powers up she is shooting streams of tears out of her eyes and she goes it's do or die and then transforms Yep. Uh, which I, I wish she would have had her crying face. I wish they would have just pasted it in the <laughs> entire transformation sequence. And she, this, you know, her really elegant, beautiful transformation sequence, she was just bawling and screaming and shooting tears out of her eyes the entire time. Like, that would have been unbelievably great. Mm-mm. Crazy. But instead, we just get the standard transformation speech. I'm the pretty guardian who fights for love and justice. I am Sailor Moon. Uh, Sailor Mercury was like, yeah, I'm Sailor Mercury. <laughs> I am also a Sailor Scout. <laughs> 
uh, Oshekyo. So, and, and yeah. Does she even, I think she throws the tiara and it does nothing, right? Which is weird. Is it? I mean, I guess, I guess it's not because I guess it's a, it's a ghost, right? It's, it's a psychic projection is what it is. Yeah. Uh, Let's get scientific about this. It's a psychic projection. There are no ghosts in this episode. The title's a lie. Hmm. Uh, I really, I really do like that the dad in this part is like, uh, Sakiko, it's me, your dad, <laughs> you know, the guy who's a dick to you at all times. <laughs> Why are you doing this? It's me, your father, who you hate. <laughs> it's it's like that scene in X-Men First Class where uh, Professor X is like, like, no, Magneto, don't hurt them. They're only following orders. Like those Nazis. Remember those Nazis who killed your family? They're just like those Nazis. They're only following orders. It's supposed to be some sort of compelling argument. Yeah, it's like they're so insistent on making sure the audience knows the connection there that it stops making sense within its own universe. It's, yeah, I mean, in that case, it's bad writing this one i i feel like they were this episode is reaching for a new plane of like enlightenment or something that i just i have not reached yet at which point all of this will be you know it's, it's working on a different plane of reality maybe or you know again it was a rejected episode for some other episode or something <laughs> just like we need to use this here uh megumi can you okay. adapt this in well, 10 minutes i mean let me ask you this let me can ask do. you because this. this is um <laughs> So, okay, let's live in the world for a moment where this is the backdoor pilot for Monster House or for uh, <laughs> Adam's Pension, whatever you want to call it. What is every episode of that show? They have the three goofy monsters. What happens every episode? Well, this is the pilot, right? This is the backdoor pilot. <laughs> right. So the rest of the series is about Sakiko's dad being a single father trying to raise his kid. <laughs> and are they committing the to this? <laughs> I think, I think, you know what? I, I like what I said. I, I want it to be also that then he's like, oh, but since we're selling this as a haunted uh, hotel, I need you to keep doing the ghost once in a while. We have to keep up the ghost stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think that happens. And I think each week there's a guest star from another anime. <laughs> and if it's ever like an adult woman, all the monsters try and hook him up to <laughs> get Sakiko a new mom. So like when, when the Azumanga Dio crew shows... He's like, hey, Yukari, have you met Sakiko's dad? <laughs> Listen, we can right. make this happen. All okay. right. This is a million yeah, dollar idea. I can see it. So, you, yeah. you're, so, you're so passionate about this alternative <laughs> show that, you, that could be lifted off of this random episode. and But no, you, you've got a pretty good um, universe there built in. Yeah. So uh, the Sailor Scouts do nothing. Yep. Sakiko <laughs> uh, eventually regains uh, or, 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 you know, does a Super Saiyan attack. Yeah, on she her. just yells no loud enough that it stops right yeah, you know she powers up she emotions her way through it she lifts she lifts up the heavy stuff she uh she believes in herself <laughs> right uh and her dad's like hey i'm real sorry i have been painfully dragging you around by your arm and hypnotizing you to use your psychic powers to get revenge on my enemies and i'm sorry i said you're not allowed to have friends you're allowed to have friends now and he also says that he used the guests at the hotel as her test subjects so i assume she's just been haunting all the guests right there you go uh, it's like oh make a ghost and go see if you can scare that person into leaving without haggling over their bill <laughs> Uh, so that, it's a supernatural scam. Mm -hmm. See? That like has been solved. <laughs> and uh, then we get the same footage of Usagi taking the beach ball to the face and the back of the head again. <laughs> and this time, after she gets up from being knocked down on her face, we see uh, Ray and Amy and Sakiko and Luna pointing and laughing. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. They all thought it was pretty funny. And so uh, Usagi decides to take her revenge specifically on the tiny little girl. <laughs> she can take her. <laughs> Oh, it's all in good fun. And uh, Sakiko's dad, who I don't think is named throughout the entire episode, but he uh, calls him Mr. Yoma in the novel. You did this Mr. as a novel? Wait, so you you adapted this? Yeah. Are you Even kidding? though it wasn't an episode of the American show. No, we yeah we used the Japanese show as a base, which made oh, it wow. awkward sometimes. But yeah, oh we called God. him Mr. Yoma. I don't I remember. I'm so it. excited about reading your version of this episode. <laughs> it's not. There's nothing. It's, I I at the time How? when I was reading the summary, I was like, what the? Right. No, no. Hold on, hold on. That means you were paid money to make sense of this episode. I want to hear something about this. Wow. Uh, no, I don't remember. You don't remember? Oh, no. I mean, I'm, oh, I read well. it last night, but I was like, I don't remember this episode. All right, well, it made enough sense in the sense that there was a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, I so think it was they, just they looked like they looked like monsters. Like the werewolf, I think, was just a hairy guy or something. I think I took out that whole alternative universe that you have building here. So what did they, did they send you like a VHS tape? that had this on it? Actually, they would send me the... Do you remember like those anime books that they'd be basically all these screenshots of the anime? Yeah, um, yeah, the Cinemongas. Yeah, and they did those in Japan a lot. I don't know if they still do, but yeah, it would kind of be like a screenshot by screenshot in a manga format, but, you know, full color and everything, where they'd sort of explain what was happening in each thing. So it was kind of a breakdown of these episodes. And they were in Japanese, but I had an English language summary uh, based off that I found online or whatever, and I'd kind of puzzle it together and then try... I always tried to adapt this that would make sense on its own, even if I didn't understand why things were being done or whatever. That's so amazing. I am really excited. I'm leaving through my copy of uh, Sailor Moon Volume 7, Cellmates, right now. There was kind of, because this was so far outside of Western canon, because we never had it originally, you know, it, it doesn't even make much sense in the universe of Sailor Moon, as you've established. <laughs> um, I kind of used it as an opportunity to cram a couple scenes that I always wanted in there. So there's a scene with Ray is worried about um, Usagi and kind of has her lean her head into her lap and she massages her temples to try to make her feel better. <laughs> oh, wow. Just Aww. stuff like that. As opposed to just throwing a ball directly at her face. Yeah, I mean, and at this point, like we kind of hit with last episode, the show was getting a little more serious, which you wouldn't think from this episode existence. <laughs> but the actual canon, which they left behind when they went on this beach, was starting to get more serious. So, and the last episode that we did with Tuxedo Mask and the Fake Love Letters when I adapted it for the book, I made it a lot darker. And like Usagi is not really excited to see Tuxedo Mask. She's kind of freaked out and upset oh. that he wrote to all these other girls. And this is kind of where the tone shift I had in the novels anyway, which is. Well, you do that in, in some of the early ones too. Like I, the wedding dress episode, Ray and Usagi's interaction is completely different because Ray is not trying to enter the contest yeah. uh, in that episode. So she, she has a lot more sympathy to Usagi. And the modeling episode where, where Darian has his heart to heart with her. Yeah, no one was really really telling me I couldn't do these things. So great. I felt like I wanted to go in this direction or I wish the show had done this. And I just sort of did it and then handed it in and waited for it to come back. And they didn't usually revert it. I, I think also I was fortunate to know a lot more about canon than they did. And they gave me the benefit of the doubt, which was possibly poorly placed their faith in me <laughs> that I was doing, you know, a super. I don't know if they expected me to do a super accurate thing anyway, it, you know, especially since they're like Kodansha's checking these or at least the early ones. So that's great. That, that is really exciting. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, this episode was not adapted to. Uh, yeah. Uh, the English language version. So we don't have an official Sailor Moon says. Nope. Yeah. Now, Leah, do you, I love the Sailor Moon says. Yeah, me like, too. And the weirder they are, the better. Like, yeah. did you, as a, as a sort of Sailor Moon purist, did you enjoy them when you were younger? Yes. 
okay. I, I was upset there wasn't a different one for every episode because they they recycled yeah some of them. That's like I'm a real big fan of GI Joe, and I love that they do the the little lessons at the end of GI Joe that have nothing to do with the episode. Yeah, so uh, great. And I love Gem, but they only do uh, doing the right thing makes you a superstar. Like they only do it on like five episodes out of a sixty episode series, and I find that really <laughs> upsetting. Uh, I love it when I love it when cartoons have weird shoehorned in morals. Yeah, I didn't write Sailor Moon fan fiction, but I feel like if I did, I would want to have a little moral at the end. Oh of yeah, it. I would want to do a Sailor Moon says at the end of every fanfic. <laughs> yeah, and I think the kids sort of embraced it because at that time that was part of the canon. People sort of took it for granted, and they were like, "Well, this is part of Sailor Moon, so I respect it." There wasn't this whole like purity of the original Japanese material because people weren't as familiar with the original material, so they they kind of took it in stride instead of saying like, oh, this wasn't in the original. They didn't know it wasn't in the original. And apparently the Sailor Moon says was added because they aired, I think Deke was either Canadian or it was prepped for Canadian TV and there was some standard that you had to have a certain amount of educational content if stuff was for kids. Oh, they this were definitely not- Canadian because that's why yeah. Nephrite is always talking about the Sailor Scouts. <laughs> yeah, you can hear the accents in some of them and I know a lot of those actors were Canadians and that's where, where I started picking up saying sorry instead of sorry. Me because, too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And then when I went to Canada, I'm like, oh, it's it's like the land of Sailor Moon. It all makes sense. But yeah, a Canadian Sailor Mooney friend told me that it was specifically because of Canadian broadcast standards that you had to so, have that. So Sailor kid. Moon says is CanCon. Yeah, basically. That's exciting. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I would have loved to see like Sailor Moon says on fanfic. Like when I got married to Batman, I thought it would be all fun and games. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, what did we learn from this episode? So we are going to fix that now uh, with Sailor Business Says. So Leanne, what did you learn from this particular very educational episode? Well, I learned that, you know, some people worship in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> and that you should respect that or ghosts will come to kill you or something. <laughs> or at the very least, the guy who's running this, maybe, you know, maybe it's like a pilgrimage spot for some. I just feel like respect others' differences. That's kind of what I came from. Came Even from if those differences are worshipping a jack-o'-lantern with a cross <laughs> stuffed into the top of it. Well, the jack-o'-lantern with the cross stuffed in top, the cross stuffed into it was not what actually attacked them, if you'll recall. It was some ghost that they were also opposed to. So maybe the jack-o'-lantern was protecting them all this time. Yeah. Jordan, what did you learn from this episode? I learned about the best way to train to be a superhero, which is pegging people with balls. (laughs) Straight to the face. (laughs) Dodgeball. Turns out dodgeball is the best superhero training ever. (laughs) I learned that if you have a talking cat, just take your talking cat to a private beach. Because anyone who overhears you probably won't care. (laughs) They won't think it's weird at all because they can summon ghosts with their psychic powers. Sailor Business says, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend this episode. <laughs> oh, God. I, no, because I feel like I feel like in order to understand something, you have to not only understand like the formula, but you have to understand the ways in which it deviates from the formula, right? Like that's, you know, that's yeah, the that's reason fair. I love Silver Age comics so much because Silver Age comics are all about laying out the formula in the opening caption. It's like, you know, everyone knows, you know, Clark Kent and Superman are the, one and the same. But what if they were split apart by red kryptonite? Like it's all about figuring out a piece of the formula that you can subvert. Mm. And this episode throws the entire formula out. Yeah. But yeah, but the that's characters why it's are f- still the same. <sighs> no, see, like, to me, that's why it's a failure. Like, I love 
I mean, first of all, I love the formula in Sailor Moon. Second of all, oh, I, I love do it love too. Jordan, we do the show it. together. Of course. Of course. And I do love when they play with it. But like you said, the fact that this one is just them going, oh, I forgot there was a formula to this show. And I did this episode that makes no sense and has nothing to do with anything. I'm like, what? It's, no, it's not good. But at the same I, I time, you know, it had a writer that had a director and had all those people animating. And it's funny. You think something might have gone awry and all these people had to take it on good faith and be like, well, I need my paycheck. So I got to do this. Let's. Let's do it. Let's do it yeah, right. There were, and there were a couple hundred people who at least thought this was an okay idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, at that's least not thought what she this said. was not worth bringing up. She said they needed their paychecks, and so they did it anyway. Is what she said. <laughs> well, okay. So there's a there's a wolf man. Yeah, there's a wolf man. He's just gonna be on top of the roof, howling at the moon. Oh, all right. Then was he a dark kingdom wolf man? No, just regular. <laughs> just regular type. Just regular style wolf man. Okay, so this thing where Nephrite is in love with or is using Molly's love no 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 that's that's we'll get back to it in a couple weeks <laughs> they can wait yeah Nephrite's playing the train game guy right now I wonder if the next I wonder if the next episode where which is all about working in an animation studio is a reaction to this episode <laughs> 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 that's amazing yeah i could almost see that that it's like they were all so upset and they were like let's do one that's you know talking about how some people sometimes people have to do things even though they don't want to it was like their defense yeah. i love it but yeah that's- i i would say i mean i i would never put this episode on like a top five or a top 10 list or, but i do feel like it is this episode's not, not necessary in the top 100. i think it is valuable to watch <laughs> oh god well, uh, I and I will we'll... say, next week's episode is one of my favorites. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we've got a lot of good stuff coming in the next little bit uh, up to the uh, the Maxfield Stanton saga. <laughs> this has been great, Leanne. Thank you so much for joining us and and talking to us about your time writing Sailor Moon. This the, I am. I mean, I don't. You, I know you haven't heard it because it hasn't gone up yet. We're recording this one in a little bit in advance because of the holidays. But uh, if you go listen to the episode right before you come on, I get so excited at the end <laughs> talking about you appearing on the show. It's true. Oh, God. Uh, so sweet. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, uh, thank is... you for writing these Sailor Moon novels that I <laughs> really enjoyed reading and going back to. This is, you know, I was a little skeptical when I heard about this podcast because I feel like there was, a, you know, there was so much Sailor Moon analysis at the time, like what hasn't been covered. But I love that you guys are looking at it as a time capsule and sort of from this new perspective. It's I mean, it's not just fun. It's I, I love how it builds into the fan and like, let's look at this old uh, look at the old episode. Episodes and comparing it to Crystal, comparing it to the new dub and, and just anime now. And it's really fun. Plus, it's, you know, I get to feel like I'm a teenager again, right? This was a good formative time for all of us. Mm-hmm. And Sailor Moon's subliminal messages about the existence of Wolfman and reality <laughs> is kind of at that warming into our brains, preparing us for a future of anime and stuff. You can take a lot of that stuff for granted. Well, I not werewolf specifically. I want to know if there's one of those live action musicals that does this episode. <laughs> I'm 100% sure this episode exists nowhere outside of... of, Two two places. Two places. It exists uh, on this episode and in Sailor Moon Volume 7. Yeah, true. Leanne Centaur, again, thank you so much for joining us. You have been an absolute pleasure to have on the show. Thank Uh, you for having me. uh, Please let everyone know where they can find you and your work. Yeah, um, on Twitter, I'm at Tokyo Demons, one word. Uh, I work for the new magazine, Sparkler Monthly, which is an English language shoujo jose digital magazine. And I'm one of the editors there. And I also write Tokyo Demons, which is one of the 
light novels on there. And uh, Jordan, where can everybody find us? Uh, well, the podcast Sailor Business is on Twitter at Sailor Business, and feel still free to- waiting on Sailor Moon as a tennis ball. Yep, no Sailor still Moon. Still waiting mm-hmm. on all of your artistic interpretations of tennis ball Sailor Moon, or your 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 solo Adams Pension cartoons. Feel free to draw those now. <laughs> Your spinoff cartoons. Someone um, spend a significant amount of money making like a opening credit sequence for uh, Adam's Pension Monster Hotel. Sure. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. How about you, Chris? Uh, I am on Twitter at the ISB. That's T-H-E-I-S-B as in Bishoju Sensei Sailor Moon. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another uh, episode. Uh, a great one that is all about the trials and tribulations of working in the animation industry <laughs> which is not based on any of Naoko Takeuchi's originals so you can make your own interpretations about that uh, thank you for listening and until next time keep your mind on sailor business sailor.